Welcome back to the Binge 10. This is for what I saw during the week of February 2nd and what you should be watching for the week of February 9th. Um, Post-Super Bowl. So a lot of stuff was out, a lot of new stuff. Uh, let's start with number 10. So for, I guess first of all, uh, I did bump Manifest out of the top 10. Uh, in full disclosure, I'm still watching it. Uh, still want to save the passengers, of course, uh, but just not in the top 10 uh, as that's been falling down and down the last few weeks. Uh, that might come off the DVR the next few weeks, but I've, I've left it off the top 10 here. Just not enough interesting plot, not enough interesting story, and uh, getting uh, kind of uh, old for all the characters. So a new number 10, I saw the Stranger series today. This is Netflix's newest UK drama. There's a ton of these out there, and I watch a lot of them. Um, this is very similar to all the different UK crime dramas, where there are some detectives, and there are various uh, normal people that are trying to solve crimes without the police. Um, I'm really not sure what happens in all these little towns outside of London, uh, like Broadchurch and, and The Fall and all these other ones. These towns seem to be extremely weird and extremely dangerous. Um, in the Stranger series, there's, there's rape, murder, child abuse, drug abuse, assault, and whole lots more. There's only eight episodes. Um, I'm not sure how they fit it all in, but it's just got a little bit of everything in this little tiny town. I think everybody should move to the city if, if, if these little towns in the UK are this dangerous. Um, there's about a dozen plot lines in this series. I, you know, It's one of these books by Harlan Corbin, and I'm not sure they tried to squeeze everything from the book into the series. Um, but there's a ton of plot lines. In general, it's pretty good. You're definitely interested in how this ends up. It's not as gritty as The Fall, um, but it's it's a, it's one of the I would say it's one of the decent UK crime dramas out there. Um, not in the top uh, twenty percent of those, but you know definitely in the top forty to fifty percent of crime dramas. I'm sure Netflix will turn out another ten or eleven this year. Uh, I definitely wanted to get to the end of this. I want to see who did it and who is at fault and who is going to get blamed. Um, plenty of standard English overacting, sarcasm, and oh my gosh, you have a gun. Um, but nonetheless, uh, pretty decent series, pretty decent show. Uh, number nine. Truth Be Told, on Apple Plus, I've seen most of the Apple Plus originals. I've seen C, which was very good, uh, For All Mankind, which was pretty good, and, and Servant, which was kind of strange. Um, uh, and now I've seen Truth Be Told. Um, Truth Be Told is about a podcaster who tries to report on either crimes that are in uh, trial at the moment or have gone to trial. Uh, what I really like about this show is that the lead character, the, the podcaster herself, is an absolutely horrible person. Um, it, it, I think it takes guts to make a show where the lead character is so despicable. Uh, she's hated by her husband, her family, her clients, 
most likely her business partner too. She lies, she cheats, she steals to get whatever she wants out of the stories. So I really like the fact that she is so unlikable. Um, as a whodunit, it's it's okay. Uh, it's okay. You'll guess all you'll guess all the fake sub suspects and all the subterfuge trying to confuse you. Uh, it, it's not that confusing. Um, uh, the overall suspect is 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 not that shocking. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Lizzie Kaplan is the shit. She is the spookiest, weirdest, and most uncomfortable character actor. Uh, I've seen right now. She is the top of the game right now. Um, I'm not sure if you saw Castle Rock. Uh, if, if you haven't, you should. It's really interesting. Uh, both seasons are really great. Uh, the newest season uh, is actually a prequel uh, to the book and the movie Misery. And Lizzie Kaplan's the top psycho in that one as well. She is phenomenal in Castle Rock. She's even better at this. She plays her and her twin sister. Um, so truth be told at number nine, number eight, I had a bit of a Star Trek week. Uh, I got the free trial week on CBS access, which I'm not sure if anybody watches any of these shows, um, except for people that watch Star Trek stuff. So I did watch, uh, the series discovery this week. Um, there's two seasons of that. Both seasons are pretty good. I like both of them. Uh, you know, for me, there's just something about Star Trek that, that makes it fun uh, that makes it great. Um, there's almost nothing they can do that I won't watch. Uh, and discovery is definitely in there. Um, uh, for the Trekkies, uh, discovery takes place, uh, after the Star Trek enterprise, which was with Scott Bakula back in the day, but before the actual original series with, with, with James Kirk and William Shatner. Um, so it's, it's before all that. So it, it talks about the Klingon war, uh, how Spock, uh, becomes a big part of, uh, of the enterprise and the beginning of the enterprise exploration. Uh, but this is mostly about, uh, the discovery, the ship, the ship is called discovery, uh, Captain Pike, who's the original captain of the enterprise and, and Spock's original boss. He takes control of, of, of discovery uh, and um, they go through, obviously, their trials and tribulations. The first season is about uh, the Klingon War, how it starts and how it ends. Um, and the second season uh, is about, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I can describe it to you. You'll have to watch it, but it's got time travel, uh, Klingons again, uh, humans that are Klingons, Klingons that are humans. It, it, it's got a ton of stuff going on. Um, the lead character, uh, uh, Michael Burnham, who is Spock's stepsister. She's in both seasons. Uh, she's not great. She's one of those standard characters. I know best. Nobody's as smart as me. Everybody should do what I say. Uh, the writers give her a lot of, of, of credentials to get away with it. Um, though she does get turned down a couple of times in season two, but it gets a little old when she's always arguing with whoever her captain is and, um, uh, always gets her way, but she's a pretty good character. Um, and, uh, there's a little bit more of drama in this than you'd probably like. You'd probably like to see more plot, more science in the science fiction. Um, and, and we get a lot of, uh, 
gosh, I'm, I'm really sad that my relationship with Spock isn't as good as I'd like it to be. Um, other than that, uh, like I said, there is time travel in this one. I'm almost wanting, you know, to write a letter to Hollywood to tell them let's let's do a let's do a five year moratorium on time travel. Let's just not do anything with time travel for five years. It seems like it's everybody's easy out. Like if they can't figure out how to tidy up the story, let's do time travel. Let's send them back in time and fix it all. Um, so I'd really like to have anything. Without time travel, like I bet Fast and Furious 9 will not have time travel in it. That's a, that's a pretty good thing. Um, other good thing about Discovery, though, uh, is you get Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh, other than Baby Yoda and Mandalorian, is the baddest ass in the universe, all right? She is total badass. You probably, see, you probably don't know Michelle Yeoh's name, but you know who she is. Uh, she was the woman in Hidden uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, she was in one of the Pierce Brosnan, uh, James Bond movies. She is a bad ass and, uh, almost worth watching discovery just to watch Michelle Yeoh. Number seven, uh, not necessarily a new show, but the unicorn. Um, uh, I do watch unicorn every week. I bet you that season is just about to end. Um, of course, Walter Goggins is the lead character. I, I'd, of course, much rather see him as a bad guy like he was in The Shield or Deep State. But here's a, here he is in a 30-minute sitcom. He's a pretty good comedic actor. I'm not sure if you saw Vice Principals on HBO or The Righteous Gemstones. He could be a pretty funny guy. Um, in, in this story, he is – so it's a sitcom – uh, about a guy who, who recently became a widower. He just lost his wife. So that's the premise of the story. It's not a dark comedy, though. Um, it's one of those comedies uh, that's going to remind you that he's a widower every single episode. So in every single episode, you're going to get about four minutes of really, really sappy content, either with his daughters or with his friends. Um, but most of it's pretty funny. The guys that really carry the show are the guys from Ballers. Um, you get um, you get Rob Corddry, who who plays Forrest in this show. He was the Rock's partner in Ballers, and Omar Miller, who played the Rams' general manager on Ballers. They both play Goggins' best friends in this show. Their wives are really funny. These guys are really, really funny. They were great in ballers. They were great here. So um, I would get through some of the sappy and the melodrama just to get to the comedy parts with these guys because they were really, really great in this. Number six, keeping Project Blue Book on the list. Uh, I'll probably just put that on a keep watching list after this. Uh, I moved Blue Book up to number five. It's starting to head back in that kind of X-Files fashion. But I'm also getting a little bit more intrigued that this could just be American-Russian espionage on each other. Uh, regardless, the show is very good and, and a lot of fun to watch. Uh, five, uh, the last show I, I, I was able to watch before my CBS access ran out was was Picard. The other Star Trek stuff I, I, I watched um, uh I, th I feel like I'm a, a little weird watching it because I think I'm actually half Picard's age at this point. Uh, this is definitely your parents' Picard. Uh, he has uh, he has trouble. He gets winded on stairs. Um, he can't really fight anymore. 
He treats everyone like, like they're his grandchildren. Uh, though he's not a bad shot with the blaster, though. Still a pretty good shot. Um, bottom line of this one is we're trying to figure out uh, what the Romulans are doing. And uh, uh, the Romulans' uh, world blew up in, in this series. Uh, and Picard left Starfleet because he was trying to rescue him. And there was some conspiracy within Starfleet uh, that they didn't let him do that. And so he retired. There's also something mixed up with synthetic life in androids here. Uh, yes, you can just assume that's about data. Uh, in fact, there was some sort of uh, android uprising on Mars, and now android uh, life, uh, synthetic life, has been banned uh, in in Starfleet. So, um, so this is Picard trying to figure out what the Romulans are up to and what's going on with synthetic life. Uh, Picard in this is the picture of imperfection. Uh, Starfleet thinks he's a quack and a weird old guy. Uh, they interview him. He goes on a show to be interviewed, and he completely fails. Um, he's let down his friends. Nobody wants to talk to him. So even though he is a legend uh, in the galaxy and at Starfleet, he's a very flawed character in this one. But guess what? He gets a new crew together. And off they go. Uh, this week, it's only on episode three. What I'm probably going to do is wait about eight weeks, uh, buy CBS All Access for a month. I think it's $9.99. And I'll, I'll binge this series when I can watch all of it at once. It's really good. It's really good. I know I'm uh, giving you a picture of Picard that's a little different himself. But um, it's, it's really, really good. I'm really interested in what's going on. The technology looks great. And... Um, uh, you know, I can't wait to see where this one is headed. Uh, so highly, highly recommend it, but it's only on episode three. It'll cost you at least 20 bucks to get through the rest of the episodes. Um, number four, Briar Patch premiered this week. Sam Esmail, the guy behind Mr. Robot, is, is I think, an executive producer of this one, but he's not a writer. So, um, uh, you know, definitely watch this as a Thursday night show. Rosario Dawson is fantastic in it. She is looking for who killed her sister in her hometown. She hasn't visited her hometown in nine years. A lot of very interesting characters, a lot of interesting weirdos in it. And uh, we get introduced to a bunch of them, even in episode one. Uh, this is one of those shows where at least in episode one, you have no idea who's a good guy and who's a bad guy. Uh, I'm not sure if there are any actual good guys in this. We're going to find out, I guess. Um, unlike Mr. Robot, and obviously everybody's going to compare this to Mr. Robot because of S-Mail. Um, uh, you know, I wasn't blown away that this show is like really different or that this is something just absolutely uh, off the hook uh, going to change the way you look at TV here like Mr. Robot. I think we're going to have to wait for that. Uh, I'm hoping that something comes in. Right now, it, it, it's a solid, I'm not sure where this is headed, solid crime drama or revenge drama. Not sure which way it's headed. Rosaria Dawson is a pretty good badass, uh, but uh, I wouldn't miss out on this one. I, I, I definitely put this on, on to watch. Number three is The Sinner. Uh, Sinner premieres. It, it goes on right before Briar Patch. And they're not fucking around in this one. Bill, Pur Bill Pullman's neurotic, uncomfortable, dispassionate, persistent cop is right in your face right up the beginning. This is, this is one of those. It's just a simple car crash and 
Pullman is turning it into the murder of the century. Um, uh, standard sinner. Nobody believes him. Nobody believes he's got anything. Why doesn't he just let it lie? Uh, but you know, that's not going to happen. Really, really interesting. Wheels are already turning, trying to figure out what's going on here. You have really no idea. Um, definitely this one is one that I get really pissed off that I can't binge it. I, I wouldn't blame you for, for just waiting until the series is over and just binging it. I'm, of course, not going to do that. I'm going to watch every week. But I, after watching Thursday night, I wish I could just, uh, you know, just finish it next week. Uh, so really good start to the center. Uh, number two, Mandalorian. Like I said last week, this was this is just a ton of fun. You don't want to miss this. Uh, I'm not sure where they'll head next with this series, but the Bounty Hunter and, and Baby Yoda are a great team. Absolutely great team. Um, uh, the series ends, of course, on a high note. The characters were great. Huge fight scenes. Um, you know, uh, you know, you're just hoping every time Baby Yoda uses the Force, something funny is going to happen. It usually does. Um, uh, this uh, series is a whole lot smarter than the recent movies, much more interesting than the recent movies. Uh, Favreau had a lot to do with this show, uh, and so it's fun. Uh, if you keep IMDb open during the show and you try to figure out who the guest stars are uh, that are playing stormtroopers or other bad guys, um, it's one of those things where you definitely recognize the voice, you recognize the cadence of the voice, and you try to figure out who it is behind the stormtrooper mask. Bill Burr even plays a mercenary in, in one of these episodes. Guess what? It doesn't go well for him. Um, uh, number one, keeping miracle workers at number one. It held together this week. Radcliffe, uh, you know, the guy who played Harry Potter, absolutely hysterical, absolutely funny. Uh, and if you haven't seen a guy sit on a rock naked because he thought it was going to hatch, you just haven't seen a good sitcom in a while. So yeah, Miracle Workers is absolutely fantastic. I can't decide if it's more Monty Python or more Mel Brooks, but you'll laugh at this uh, for a full 30 minutes. It, 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 doesn't, it just doesn't end. Um, on things you should stay the course with, uh, Shit's Creek, The Magicians is great, and The Outsiders great. Uh, keep watching all those shows. Uh, up and coming for next week, Lock and Key on Netflix. Couple new sitcoms, Indebted and Outmatched. I'll watch the second show and uh, let you know if you should keep watching. Uh, movies that you probably haven't seen yet. Uh, I saw Birds of Prey. I got to see a free screening of Birds of Prey this week. I actually saw it in 4D. <laughs> That's where the um, the seat rocks around on you. Uh, there's air blowing on you. So when bullets are flying past the characters, um, you feel the air rush by. Um, when, when some of the characters get punched in your back, the seat punches you in the back. Water sprays on you, all this stuff. So it was a rocky ride. Birds of Prey is pretty fun stuff. Um, you know, they just can't figure out how to make it as funny as Marvel. You know, this is their second attempt at trying to make it funny. I think the first one was Shazam. Uh, a lot of kids humor in that one. Shazam much for a much younger crowd. This is Birds of Prey rated R. Uh, there's some really, really funny parts of this. Um, but the writing just doesn't let Margot Robbie, you know, hit a home run here. Um, she's a great crazy person. She really is. I wish they even showed more of her craziness. Um, uh, you know, for example, 
A guy told her to get off the stage. She jumped off the stage, landed on his legs, broke both of his legs. Uh, so there's great stuff like that. Uh, and and Margot's great at that stuff. Uh, really great action in this movie. It's almost nonstop action. She's on the run the whole time. And, of course, she'll meet up with her other female buddies by the end. And, and there will be a really, really big fight. So a lot of good fights with baseball bats, sledgehammers, uh, you know, at an amusement park. Uh, definitely recommend it. Uh, but DC is always going to be, you know, a step or two away from Marvel. That's it for the Big Ten this week. Talk to you next week.